0: Section Two, Volume Five of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Five, Section Two, Three Hundred and Sixty-First Night. to three hundred and sixty-fourth night when it was the three hundred and sixty-first night she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king that quoth the prince when day shall break do thou array them against me and say to them this man is a suitor to me for my daughter's hand on condition that he shall do battle single-handed against you all FOR HE PRETENDETH THAT HE WILL OVERCOME YOU, AND PUT YOU TO THE rout, AND INDEED THAT YE CANNOT PREVAIL AGAINST HIM, AFTER WHICH LEAVE ME TO DO BATTLE WITH THEM. IF THEY SLAY ME, THEN IS THY SECRET SURE GUARDED, AND THINE HONOR THE BETTER WARDED. AND IF I OVERCOME THEM, AND SEE THEIR BACKS, THEN IS IT THE LIKE OF ME A KING SHOULD COVET TO HIS SON-IN-LAW so the king approved of his opinion and accepted his proposition despite his awe at the boldness of his speech and amaze at the pretensions of the prince to meet in fight his whole host such as he had described to him being at heart assured that he would perish in the fray and so he should be quit of him and freed from the fear of dishonor thereupon he called the eunuch and bade him go to his wazir, without stay and delay, and command him to assemble the whole of the army, and cause them don their arms and armor, and mount their steeds. So the eunuch carried the king's order to the minister, who straightway summoned the captains of the host, and the lords of the realm, and bade them don their harness of daring do and mount horse and sally forth in battle array. Such was their case, but as regards the king, he sat a long while conversing with the young prince, being pleased with his wise speech and good sense and fine breeding. And when it was daybreak he returned to his palace, and, seating himself on his throne, commanded his merry men to mount, and bade them saddle one of the best of the royal steeds, with handsome sell and housings and trappings, and bring it to the prince. But the youth said, "'O king!' I will not mount horse till I come in view of the troops and review them be it as thou wilt replied the king then the two repaired to the parade ground where the troops were drawn up and the young prince looked upon them and noted their great number after which the king cried out to them saying ho all ye men there is come to me a youth who seeketh my daughter in marriage and in very sooth never have I seen a goodlier than he no, nor a stouter of heart, nor a doughtier of arm, for he pretendeth that he can overcome you single-handed, and force you to flight, and that, were ye an hundred thousand in number, yet for him would ye be but few. Now when he chargeth down on you, do ye receive him upon point of pike, and sharp of sabre, for, indeed, he hath undertaken a mighty matter. Then quoth the king to the prince up o my son and do thy devoir on them answered he o king thou deal'st not justly and fairly by me how shall i go forth against them seeing that i am afoot and the men be mounted the king retorted i bade thee mount and thou refusest but choose thou which of my horses thou wilt then he said not one of thy horses pleaseth me and i will read none but that on which i came asked the king and where is thy horse atop of thy palace in what part of my palace on the roof now when the king heard these words he cried out on thee this is the first sign thou hast given of madness how can the horse be on the roof but we shall at once see if thou speakest the truth or lies then he turned to one of his chief officers and said to him go to my palace and bring me what thou findest on the roof so all the people marvelled at the young prince's words saying one to other how can a horse come down the steps from the roof verily this is a thing whose like we never heard in the meantime the king's messenger repaired to the palace and mounting to the roof found the horse standing there and never had he looked on a handsomer but when he drew near and examined it he saw that it was made of ebony and ivory now the officer was accompanied by other high officers who also looked on and they laughed to one another saying was it of the like of this horse that the youth spake we cannot deem him other than mad however we shall soon see the truth of his case and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the three hundred and sixty-second night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the high officials looked upon the horse they laughed one to other and said was it of the like of this horse that the youth spake we cannot deem him other than mad however we shall soon see the truth of his case peradventure herein is some mighty matter and he is a man of high degree then they lifted up the horse bodily and carrying it to the king set it down before him and all the lieges flocked round to look at it marvelling at the beauty of its proportions and the richness of its saddle and bridle the king also admired it and wondered at it with extreme wonder and he asked the prince o youth is this thy horse he answered yes o king this is my horse and thou shalt soon see the marvel it showeth rejoined the king then take and mount it and the prince retorted I will not mount till the troops withdraw afar from it so the king bade them retire a bowshot from the horse whereupon quoth its owner o king see thou i am about to mount my horse and charge upon thy host and scatter them right and left and split their hearts asunder said the king do as thou wilt and spare not their lives for they will not spare thine then the prince mounted whilst the troops ranged themselves in ranks before him and one said to another when the youth cometh between the ranks we will take him on the points of our pikes and the sharps of our sabres quoth another by allah this is a mere misfortune how shall we slay a youth so comely of face and shapely of form and a third continued ye will have hard work to get the better of him for the youth had not done this but for what he knew of his own prowess and pre-eminence of valor meanwhile having settled himself in his saddle the prince turned the pin of ascent whilst all eyes were strained to see what he would do whereupon the horse began to heave and rock and sway to and fro and make the strangest of movements steed ever made till its belly was filled with air and it took flight with its rider and soared high into the sky when the king saw this he cried out to his men saying woe to you catch him catch him ere he scape you but his vassish and viceroy said to him o king can a man overtake the flying bird this is surely none but some mighty magicians or marid of the jinn or devil and allah save thee from him so praise thou the almighty for deliverance of thee and of all thy host from his hand then the king returned to his palace after seeing the feet of the prince and going in to his daughter acquainted her with what had befallen them both on the parade-ground he found her grievously afflicted for the prince and bewailing her separation from him wherefore she fell sick with violent sickness and took to her pillow now when her father saw her on this wise he pressed her to his breast and kissing her between the eyes said to her o my daughter praise allah almighty and thank him for that he hath delivered us from this crafty enchanter this villain this low fellow this thief who thought only of seducing thee and he repeated to her the story of the prince and how he had disappeared in the firmament and he abused him and cursed him knowing not how dearly his daughter loved him but she paid no heed to his words and did but redouble in her tears and wails saying to herself by allah i will neither eat meat nor drain drink till allah reunite me with him her father was greatly concerned for her case and mourned much over her plight but for all he could do to soothe her love-longing only increased on her and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and sixty-third night, she said, It hath reached me, o auspicious king, that the king mourned much over his daughter's plight, but for all he could do to soothe her, love-longing only increased on her. Thus far concerning the king and princess Shams al-Nahar, but as regards prince kamar alakmar when he had risen high in the air he turned his horse's head towards his native land and being alone mused upon the beauty of the princess and her loveliness now he had inquired of the king's people the name of the city and of its king and his daughter and men had told him that it was the city of Sanaa. so he journeyed with all speed till he drew near his father's capital and making an airy circuit about the city, alighted on the roof of the king's palace, where he left his horse, whilst he descended into the palace, and seeing its threshold strewn with ashes, thought that one of his family was dead. Then he entered as of wont and found his father and mother and sister clad in mourning raiment of black, all pale of faces and lean of frames, when his sire descried him and was assured that it was indeed his son he cried out with a great cry and fell down in a fit but after a time coming to himself threw himself upon him and embraced him clipping him to his bosom and rejoicing in him with exceeding joy and extreme gladness his mother and sisters heard this so they came in and seeing the prince fell upon him kissing him and weeping and joying with exceeding joyance then they questioned him of his case so he told them all that had passed from first to last and his father said to him praised be allah for thy safety o coolth of my eyes and core of my heart then the king bade hold high festival and the glad tidings flew through the city so they beat drums and cymbals and doffing the weed of mourning they donned the gay garb of gladness and decorated the streets and markets whilst the folk vied with one another who should be the first to give the king joy and the king proclaimed a general pardon and opening the prisons released those who were there imprisoned moreover he made banquets for the people with great abundance of eating and drinking for seven days and nights, and all creatures were summist, And he took horse with his son, and rode out with him, that the folk might see him and rejoice. After a while the prince asked about the maker of the horse, saying, O my father, what hath fortune done with him? And the king answered, Allah never bless him, nor the hour wherein I set eyes on him, for he was the cause of thy separation from us o my son and he hath lain in jail since the day of thy disappearance then the king bade release him from prison and sending for him invested him in a dress of satisfaction and entreated him with the utmost favour and munificence save that he would not give him his daughter to wife whereat the sage raged with sore rage and repented of that which he had done knowing that the prince had secured the secret of the steed and the manner of its motion. Moreover, the king said to his son, "I reck thou wilt too will not to go near the horse henceforth, and more especially not to mount it after this day, for thou knowest not its properties, and belike thou art in error about it." Now the prince had told his father of his adventure with the king of Sanaa and his daughter, and he said, "Had the king intended to kill thee, he had done so." but thine hour was not yet come. When the rejoicings were at an end, the people returned to their places, and the king and his son to the palace, where they sat down and fell to eating and drinking, and making merry. Now the king had a handsome handmaiden, who was skilled in playing the lute. So she took it, and began to sweep the strings, and sing thereto before the king and his son, of separation of lovers, AND SHE CHANTED THE FOLLOWING VERSES. DEEM NOT THAT ABSENCE BREEDS IN ME Aught OF FORGETFULNESS. WHAT SHOULD REMEMBER I DID YOU fro MY REMEMBRANCE VAIN. TIME DIES, BUT NEVER DIES THE FONDEST LOVE FOR YOU WE BEAR. AND IN YOUR LOVE I'LL DIE, AND IN YOUR LOVE I'LL ARISE AGAIN. WHEN THE PRINCE HEARD THESE VERSES, the fires of longing flamed up in his heart and pine and passion redoubled upon him grief and regret were sore upon him and his bowels yearned in him for love of the king's daughter of so he rose forthright and escaping his father's notice went forth the palace to the horse and mounting it turned the pin of accent whereupon birdlike it flew with him high in air and soared towards the upper regions of the sky in early morning his father missed him and going up to the pinnacle of the palace in great concern saw his son rising into the firmament whereat he was sore afflicted and repented in all penitence that he had not taken the horse and hidden it and he said to himself by allah if but my son return to me i will destroy the horse that my heart may be at rest concerning my son and he fell again to weeping and bewailing himself and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the three hundred and sixty-fourth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the king again fell to weeping and bewailing himself for his son such was his case but as regards the prince he ceased not flying on through air, till he came to the city of Sana and alighted on the roof as before. Then he crept down stealthily, and finding the eunuch asleep as of wont, raised the curtain, and went on little by little, till he came to the door of the princess's alcove-chamber, and stopped to listen, when, lo, he heard her shedding plenteous tears and reciting verses, whilst her women slept round her. Presently overhearing her weeping and wailing, quoth they, O our mistress, why wilt thou mourn for one who mourneth not for thee? Quoth she, O ye little of wit, is he for whom I mourn of those who forget, or who are forgotten? And she fell again to wailing and weeping, till sleep overcame her. Hereat the prince's heart melted for her, and his gallbladder was like to burst. So he entered and seeing her lying asleep without covering touched her with his hand whereupon she opened her eyes and espied him standing by her said he why all this crying and mourning and when she knew him she threw herself upon him and took him around the neck and kissed him and answered for thy sake and because of my separation from thee said he o my lady i have been made desolate by thee all this long time but she replied tis thou who hast desolated me and hadst thou tarried longer i had surely died rejoined he o my lady what thinkest thou of my case with thy father and how he dealt with me were it not for my love of thee o temptation and seduction of the three worlds i had certainly slain him and made him a warning to all beholders. But even as I love thee, so I love him for thy sake. Quoth she, How couldst thou leave me? Can my life be sweet to me after thee? Quoth he, Let what hath happened suffice. I am now hungry and thirsty. So she bade her maidens make ready meat and drink, and they sat eating and drinking, and conversing till night was well nigh ended. And when day broke, he rose to take leave of her and depart ere the eunuch should awake al-Nahar asked him whither goest thou and he answered to my father's house and i plight thee my troth that i will come to thee once in every week but she wept and said i conjure thee by allah the almighty take me with thee whereso thou wendest and make me not taste anew the bitter gourd of separation from thee quoth he wilt thou indeed go with me and quoth she yes then said he arise that we depart so she rose forthright and going to a chest arrayed herself in what was richest and dearest to her of her trinkets of gold and jewels of price and she fared forth her handmaids recking not so he carried her up to the roof of the palace and mounting the ebony horse took her up behind him and made her fast to himself binding her with strong bonds after which he turned the shoulder-pin of ascent and the horse rose with him high in air when her slave women saw this they shrieked aloud and told her father and mother who in hot haste ran to the palace roof and looking up saw the magical horse flying away with the prince and princess at this the king was troubled with ever-increasing trouble and cried out saying o king's son i conjure thee by allah have ruth on me and my wife and bereave us not of our daughter the prince made him no reply but thinking in himself that the maiden repented of leaving father and mother asked her o ravishment of the age say me wilt thou that i restore thee to thy mother and father whereupon she answered by allah o my lord that is not my desire my only wish is to be with thee wherever thou art for i am distracted by the love of thee from all else even from my father and mother hearing these words the prince joyed with great joy and made the horse fly and fare softly with them so as not to disquiet her nor did they stay their flight till they came in sight of a green meadow wherein was a spring of running water here they alighted and ate and drank after which the prince took horse again and set her behind him binding her in his fear for her safety after which they fared on till they came in sight of his father's capital at this the prince was filled with joy and bethought himself to show his beloved the seat of his dominion and his father's power and dignity and give her to know that it was greater than that of her sire so he set her down in one of his father's gardens without the city where his parent was wont to take his pleasure and carrying her into a doomed summer-house Prepared there for the king left the ebony horse at the door and charged the damsel keep watch over it saying sit here till my messenger come to thee for I go now to my father to make ready a palace for thee and show thee my royal estate she was delighted when she heard these words and said to him do as thou wilt and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section two, read by Lars Rolander.